What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you are tuned in to Kinda Neat. Thank you for tuning in, as always. This week on the show, we have Idris, E-Y-E-D-R-E-S-S, who is a Filipino artist um, who's been making waves for many years, and I was clearly sleeping on. Uh, But now I am awake and hip to Idris, and I'm glad that we got this interview in. It was really cool. Um, He's got a long storied history in this music shit and currently has a song going like crazy on TikTok, which usually I think is pretty corny, but this is a a good song that's going uh, viral on TikTok. And so that's cool. And I didn't know that when I booked the show. Um, you know, the homie Ned, shout out Ned, everybody knows who Ned is, he's been on the show twice, just told me about him on Twitter, and I was like, oh shit, this is dope, and then come to find out, he's currently got this song going crazy. So that was just kind of um, lucky happenstance, as luck would have it, I suppose. Gearing up for Christmas season right now, um, it's going to be a lonesome Christmas, just like it was a lonesome Thanksgiving. Uh, Los Angeles is going back into lockdown, which is right on time because I think I'll end up taking two weeks off for the holidays. Uh, I'll take the week of Christmas off and then the week after that is New Year's. Maybe I'll put out an episode. Maybe I won't. Not sure. It might be hard to book right now just because, yeah, you're not supposed to do anything in Los Angeles. Uh, Restaurants are shutting back down. Thankfully, tattoo parlors are shutting down again, which sucks because I'm like back in the mood to get tattooed, but I'll wait. You know, Life is not going to change that much for my wife and I because we've been acting as though Los Angeles is on lockdown anyway the entire time, have yet to eat at a restaurant. It's funny because I picked up food from a restaurant in my neighborhood the other day that you could eat quote unquote outside in, but they've just like set up a circus tent that is not ventilated. So it's just like you're inside a big unventilated room that is, yeah, technically in a parking lot, but it's covered by a giant plastic tent. So it didn't seem very safe, and you know, a lot of the homies been eating there, so I don't know. I don't trust it. Uh, Thankfully, the vaccine is coming out. I'll I'll be honest with you guys, I'm not going to be a priority to get vaccinated, but I wish I were. I would be first in line uh, to go get it if I could, because... I mean, I've snorted coke off the fucking toilet lid uh, in a Tijuana bathroom, so why the fuck wouldn't I get a vaccine? Motherfuckers act like, oh man, there's like, there's all this crazy shit in vaccines that you don't know about. Bitch, y'all just do acid off people that you like meet in a fucking Coachella parking lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure everyone listening to this show has put questionable shit in their body and had a good time. So guess what? I don't give a fuck what's in the vaccine. As long as it makes me immune to COVID, then I'd be stoked. Uh, I don't know why I'm talking about that. Okay, let's change the subject. (laughs) It's Christmas season. That's what I was getting at. It's fucking Christmas season. So yeah, I'm gearing up for that. And it's different uh, having a baby on the way because now I'm thinking about gifts, not just for my wife, but how can this gift also help my child, you know? As an adult, I've not been the hugest Christmas fan, but I'll admit like getting a significant other has made the season a little more fun because I do enjoy uh, buying gifts for her and I've never really had other people to buy gifts for. I've been very shitty about buying gifts for my family. Uh, I'll admit that fully. But yeah, I think like being a dad is going to make me a lot more stoked on Christmas than I used to be. And so I look forward to buying all the like cool toys for the kid. That said, 
I'm fucking bummed that I can't buy a PS5. Have not been able to find one. That shit sucks. I did buy... Uh, my wife doesn't listen to these intros, so... But she doesn't listen to the podcast at all. I mean, I don't know who the fuck listens to the podcast, to be honest. I just put it out into the void. Um, I've always wanted a wool Pendleton blanket, but they're, like, very expensive. Like, way more than a blanket should cost in my eyes. But I've always said to myself that, like, when I feel like I'm having a good year or something or, or, or like, business things are working out, I'll treat myself to one of those and I'll feel like I've made it officially into the middle class and and so this year bought myself a goddamn pendleton blanket i'm very stoked about that i mean i bought it for her under the guise of it being for us but it's for me to feel accomplished so yeah pendleton blanket man that's dope you know i always used to go thrifting for like pendleton shirts i don't know if you guys know what pendleton is but they make like the best flannels you know like a legendary wool company and so I always used to search for their shirts. And then, you know, my dog has a Pendleton dog bed, which is very dope. That was a wedding gift, though. I didn't buy it. Yeah, I've always seen Pendleton blankets in stores and been like, wow, these are very warm, very balling. When I feel balling, I'm going to get one. Got one. That's the accomplishment of the year. Uh, let me pull up this email that I got because I don't usually get emails like this. All right, so I'm going to read part of this email from a fellow named Jordan, and I'm going to skip around a little bit. Um, so he says, greetings, Lee. First of all, I want to thank you for opening an email from a random dude. In the age of texts and DMs, it's rare for me to write an email at all, especially someone I've never met. I'm also recently off of all social media in the interest of my mercurial mental health, so finding your email was fun. But... After having listened to many hours of your podcast over the last few months, I feel compelled to do so. Uh, I'm not going to bore you with my life story, but I feel some quick background info will explain why Kind of Neat has been such a welcome breath of fresh air to add to my media diet. And then for a couple paragraphs, he goes on to talk about how he's 33 and from Sheboygan, Wisconsin and living in Portland and how his father was a Christian minister and he was the oldest of three. So he didn't have any big brothers to put him on a um, good music and he didn't used to like rap music or country music. But then one of his buddies put him on to three, six mafia and then and then he became uh, a rap fan, which in his small town was kind of looked down upon at that time, I guess. You know, he goes on to say, for years, I put my passion for music on the back burner due in large part. Um, to years of drug addiction. However, in 2018, I finally made it into recovery. Shout out and congratulations, man. Uh, and in the slow but beautiful process of quitting drugs and getting to know myself, I've also rediscovered my love for hip hop. In addition to being a junkie junkie, I'm also a podcast junkie. Uh, my brother introduced me to podcasts in 2013 during a period of sobriety. He turned me on to uh, WTF, Marin's podcast. Side note, that's also one of the podcasts that really put me onto podcasting. Uh, and I immediately fell in love with the medium. Uh, I'm sure uh, I don't have to tell you about the intimacy one feels while going on a walk or a drive and hearing two people have a conversation. Going on long walks and listening to podcasts has been an absolutely instrumental for my recovery. He says, uh, I hadn't kept up closely with what was going on in hip hop and just started looking for emerging trends in rap music. And one day uh, on Spotify, I heard a, a playlist with a song by Juice World and was interested and confused. Growing up, hip-hop was very much his own thing, separate from other genres, and sure, there was the occasional crossover or something, but the world of what I have come to think of as fourth-generation hip-hop is absolutely fascinating to me. It's as if these young artists have put rap, anime, emo, hardcore, and R&B in a blender, and I am hooked. 
I'm the type of person that likes to do a lot of research and dig deep into the things that interest me. However, I've had trouble finding a show or resource that covers this new iteration of rap. I started listening to all the standards, and then he goes on to list a bunch of other you know, content providers that you guys probably know of that isn't me. And I'm, and uh, he says, and not to throw shade at anyone involved in those shows, but I always found the interviews lacking. Enter kind of neat. I believe I was listening to a Ghost Man interview on another show when someone said something along the lines of, I think Lee covered that in his interview. And because he said this in reference to going over his subject's childhood, I was intrigued. Was it possible there was a podcast that humanized and took these rappers and their life stories seriously? And then I searched YouTube and sure enough, found kind of neat. I can't overstate what a relief it was. The first interview I listened to, I was blown away. You were asking the questions that I would have and in such a respectful way. I can't imagine more of a perfect person to interview these artists. You have the credibility and that you're well-educated in the history of rap. And as an artist yourself, you can uh, relate from a first-person perspective. I love hearing... Someone cover what can be very heavy topics like addiction, trauma, abuse, violence with such levity. Uh, your interviews are insightful, funny, and most of all, super entertaining. I often feel like a lonely rap fan. <clears throat> most of my friends are not much into rap, and the people I know who share my musical taste are often people I don't relate to much in other areas. So in your show, I feel a real sense of kinship with you and your subjects. Anyway, sorry for the long email. It's very unlike me to email an artist or content creator, but I really felt the need to get that off my chest. I'm currently laid off because of COVID, but I'm going to send you some financial contribution just as a one-time da-da-da-da-da. You don't, guys, don't send money. You don't have to send money. Um, thanks for all the work you put in for the culture with love from Portland, Jordan. P.S. Congrats on the baby. I just want to say, you know, not to toot my horn, but I've gotten a lot of emails from people over the years mostly when I used to make music, I kind of got a lot of those standards like, oh, your music saved my life. And I'm not trying to like um, sound like I don't care about those emails. I absolutely do care about those emails. I always try to respond as much as I possibly could. And, you know, I have a funny theory that like <laughs> no matter what kind of content you put on the internet, eventually someone's going to send you uh, a fucking email that says you saved them from suicide, which is like, a, it's like a weird kind of like narcissistic thing some people do, I think. I don't know. Anyway, I've never gotten an email that was quite this descriptive and also this long, so I wanted to share some of it just because I'm extremely flattered, and that's it. Yeah, I'm just like really, it, it just made my day, made my week, whatever, made it feel as though someone's listening and, and people are appreciative, and that's good because I do often feel as though I'm just speaking into a void. Who knows? So this is not to say, hey, send me a fucking long-ass email that tells me your life story and, and thanks me for it. I just have never gotten to hear um, someone that listens to the show describe the show in such a way, and it's cool to see what other people think of it. That's it. I'm really, really appreciative of that email, so if you are listening, Jordan, thank you so much. Those of you that listen regularly, thank you so, so much. I do appreciate every single person that tunes in, and particularly the ones that don't like skip this part of me before the, the interview starts. So yeah, let's get into the show. This is Idris. He and I... Had a lot to talk about. He just had a baby boy recently who makes a little appearance in the background on the show. And so, you know, hopefully in the future we'll have some play dates with our little baby boys. Without further ado, here is Idris.
fuck, where should we start? You put out a great record this year. Let's just talk about that first. How about it? It is called Let's Skip to the Wedding, right? Yeah. Yeah. And how long did it take you to make this record? Uh, probably like two years. Two years? Yeah. Um, I kind of had like some of the instruments, maybe like a handful of the instrumentals like in my computer already. Yeah. Like I made some of them like in the Philippines when I was still living there. Yeah. It. I think I... Yeah, I moved here in like to LA in November 2018, and I've just been like working on it since I got here. Mm-hmm. And you said you only use like fifty dollar mics. Yeah, I use like twenty dollar mics, fifty dollar. Sure. Mi- well, once when that twenty dollar mic broke on my first tour, I was like, "Damn, I need to go to Guitar Center." So like, I, what kind of mic is a twenty dollar mic? Uh, just a regular Shure. Those little like, show Shures. Yeah, just the like the quiet ones. Those are those are what you work on in the studio. I mean, in in my at when, your I, house. when I record at home, yeah, yeah, I record in the studio sometimes, but it for me it doesn't make a difference because like it's all in like the mixing anyway. Yeah, do you do your own mixing? Uh, I pre-mix my stuff before I send it off to the engineer, and yeah, the engineer kind of just like works with how it sounds already, and I'm just like just make that sound clean, like or whatever is like considered clean to like professionals because i i don't know the terms you know but that's the thing too is your sound has this kind of like inherent griminess right like it it doesn't sound overly clean yeah it sounds you know dirty and a little grimy yeah grimy. it's just just how i kind of grew up so like i've it's not really like an aesthetic thing it's just it just resonates with like how i like perceive shit well, so then let's talk about how you grew up. That was a perfect segue. You're a, nat- oh, you're a natural. <laughs> I did read that you're uh, born in the Philippines, yeah? Yeah, I was. Yeah, wh- where at in the Philippines? I was born in the slums. I was born in uh, Makati, though. It's Makati. Uh, this place called Sembo. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's, it's like a squatter area and wow. very third world. <laughs> My uh, mother-in-law was born in Bohol. Yeah, that's, uh, where is that? I think that's still within, like, Manila. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's more in the province, like up in the mountains. Yeah, it's beautiful out there. No shit, I haven't been out yet. We would like to eventually. We got fire fruits and food out there. So, what is early childhood like? Do you remember before moving to the states? Um, it's pretty like it's pretty rough. Like the house we lived, I was living like I think I was living in my mom's, so my grandma's house. Yeah, and like you know the if like. It was raining outside, it'd be raining inside, and you can, like, you see the pipes on the walls and the ceiling, like, there'd be cockroaches everywhere. It yeah, was right. it was grimy. And, like, if, like, say, like, they, they normally have typhoons, like, every year, so, uh-huh. like, you'd see, like, the roofs coming off and then eventually start flying off. And Holy shit. It, it's, it's dangerous, you know? Like, yeah. it's not safe for, like, little kids, especially when there's, like metal roofs flying around and like hitting everything you remember that kind of shit yeah like especially one time because my mom was taking me home and we were on a tricycle yeah and like i remember seeing all the roofs flying off and like all this trash like just flying everywhere and i was just like i I mean i didn't complain you know i I didn't think that was like unusual yeah you didn't know anything different yeah. yeah until i moved to america so i was like oh this is even when I lived in America, I lived in the hood, but I was like, yo, this is, like, nicer than, like, the hood back home because, like, back home it's, like, you know, there's, like, roaches everywhere shit. Like, you know, just everything looks unfinished. Yeah. What uh, brought you to the States or what brought your family to the States? 
my dad kind of got drafted to join, like, to work for 20th Century Fox as an animator. Oh, sick. He's, like, really talented. He, like, you know, he's the one who kind of showed me, like, you can you can do this art thing, like, and, like, raise a family. Yeah. And, yeah, like, I remember, like, the first, like, few years I was alive or whatever yeah. in the Philippines, like, he was, like, working, like, for an animation company in Singapore, so he'd be, like, away for, for a long time, and then he'd come back with, like, you know, hella toys for me. But then, you know, like, when we moved to America, um, obviously our life, like, situation improved, like... What shows was he working on? He, no, he worked on a movie. He worked on Anastasia. Oh, yeah. It's, a, it's about some, like, Russian girl and, like, this bat. Yeah. You know, after 20th Century Fox, he, like, worked for Nickelodeon and, like, did stuff for, like, Jimmy Neutron. Oh, cool. So, like, you know, he he's in, influential to me. That's even, tight. Even with music, because, like, he, like a lot of good music growing up like he put me on to the cure and the smiths like all this like new wave shit yeah and then which he, is like heavily influenced for you yeah yeah new you wave know, music. he like he he got me into nirvana metallica like ev- every like 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 popping thing like, yeah i kind of like discovered all the underground shit on my own but like my dad like put me onto the ramones you know like he you know, he, he was like pretty popular. Yeah, he was on it. He was on it. Um, so when you moved to the states, do you only speak Tagalog? Uh, yeah, and then my mom, my mom and dad speak English, so okay. they like slowly taught me, and took me like a year to like say a word. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. I was, like when I first moved here, I was pretty shy, and like all the kids were like, you know, they spoke English really well, so I was intimidated. So I was just like quiet. I was like observing were you already starting school when you got here is it like you get here and you're straight to kindergarten or something yeah it was like i I don't know it was like second or third grade yeah right oh wow and uh yeah it was so you and you're the quiet foreign kid yeah i was just quiet because like you know i i didn't have confidence to like like speak english (laughs) yeah what's that first year like is it lonely uh i had a lot of friends for some reason like everybody was like i don't know i was friendly and like everyone was friendly with me so like i was just i was pretty cool with a lot of people and so you guys moved to la yeah um well we moved to california when i was like 13. oh where did you move first where's 20 phoenix oh to phoenix yeah so like you know phoenix is pretty rough is it (laughs) i don't know that much about phoenix it's just like well a lot in like a lot of neighborhoods i grew up in there'd be like cholos and like all these wannabe gangbanger kids that like just try to press you and like rob you like Uh, just dumb shit you know i feel you but you know like i don't judge that shit right some of my best friends, like, you know, like, their their families are in gangs and, like, yeah, yeah. And I'm just, like, yeah, like, I just want to skate, bro. Like, y'all want to do drive-bys at, like, 16. I'm, like, I'm chill. Uh, I'm just, like, you know, I don't even want to fight nobody like that. Like, yeah. So in Phoenix, did you pick up a skateboard? Yeah. That's what, like, kind of, like, led me into, like, what I'm doing now because, like, skateboarding kind of embraced, like, every style of music like hip-hop to punk so like that's why i'm kind of the way i am now because of skateboarding and and graffiti like i don't know i used to tag with my friends (laughs) nice did you have like a singular friend that got you into skateboarding or did you see older kids doing it what what was it that made you want to pick up a deck there was just these fools down the street honestly and they even stole my skateboard but i saw them 
they like that it was like five brothers and yeah. like they all like skated and i was like damn i want to skate with them yeah and then like i got along with like their younger brother but like all the older guys were like just already getting in a gang banging and like robbing people and i was like they robbed me one <laughs> at one point i was like what the hell dude like i'm trying to like i'm just your neighbor yeah. like i'm not trying to do no shit but yeah it was it was cool like I don't know. It just made me kind of paranoid. Did you have siblings? I got a little brother. Yeah. So you're the eldest? Yeah. Did, he's, he, did he follow in your footsteps and start skating too? He did. He was like, he didn't get super into it, but uh-huh. like he would skate with me and my friends in front of the house. Yeah, yeah. But he wouldn't like, he wouldn't go with us and be like, oh, we're going to go to the skate spot like 10 blocks down. Like, yeah. he'd be like, yeah, I'm just staying home with mom. <laughs> right, right. So did you uh, pretty instantly get obsessed with skateboarding, or was it a slow? What is it? Was it a slow grind into loving it? I fully got into really? it. I was like, you know, like the only store I wanted to shop at was like skate shops. Yeah. You know, I just stopped like going to like normal mall stores, and I would only want to wear like like toy machine and birdhouse and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just would you just be like in your driveway pr- practicing flat ground shit and stuff like all day? My dad like built me like a a curb with like yeah. like metal on it. Yeah. I would just skate that and like I'd I'd put like two bricks and like a piece of wood and just practice on the yeah. on the ramp. And this is when you're like what, 10, 11 years old? Yeah. Wow. Know, like, do you start getting into skate videos at that young age and hearing that music? Yeah, like the first video I bought was like the end. Oh, that's such a good and one. Then like I got I I got like Shorty's Fulfilled the Dream, yeah. and then that kind of got me into like Gangstar and like all, yeah. all all the shit. On I mean, there. I I don't even skate, but I remember the end coming out when I was in college and being it was like, popular, holy you know? shit, yeah, yeah. But yeah, skate videos always have these like really diverse soundtracks. So yeah, you'd be hearing. On yeah. the same tape, you'd be hearing, like, new wave, hip-hop, punk exactly. rock, whatever. So, like, I grew up, like, you know, just liking all of that music. Yeah. And I don't know, like, even all my friends were just, like, a bunch of weirdos, you know? Like, in, like, my school, like, we had, like, a clique and, like, but we were all, like, outcasts, like... So it was cool. Like we didn't fit in with like the gangsters. We weren't. We were like too weird for them. Right. But then like we we wouldn't fit in with the nerds either because like we're too like hood for them. It's yeah. like I don't know, dude. Like, what did that group look like? Was it a lot of people of color? Yeah, most like I mean I had like a couple like white trash homies. Cause I always think <laughs> like I always think of Phoenix as this extra white city, but I haven't spent that much time there, you know. Uh, that's very. There's like a lot of Latinos and Black people. Yeah, and, right. Like all my friends were just like, you know, it's only when I moved to California that I had a lot of white friends, and like I stopped like speaking slang when I moved like to California because people were more like, yeah, like you know, <laughs> dude, like I'll be at the pier, like meet you there. Like, <laughs> It changed up, you know, but like before it was like, yo, what's up, fool? Like, yeah. But now it's like, yeah, I mean, now I'm just fucking confused as fuck. Like, yeah. I remember I lived in London, like when I was like in my 20s, I was like, damn, like, I don't know how to, how to conduct myself anymore. Like, So was it just your nuclear family in Phoenix? Like you, mom, dad, brother, no it. grandmas, no aunts and uncles. You got I, a big family back in the Philippines. Yeah, I got a, I got an uncle in Vegas. Okay. He yeah. like, he's a bus driver. Shout out. And um, he's still there, so yeah, I visit him from time to time. Yeah. But yeah, it was just it was just me and my parents. And like, no, like my grandma, like my dad's mom would visit us every yeah. now and then. But 
I'm sure you're not thinking of this kind of shit when you're a kid, but now that you're like grown up and have a kid of your own, do you think about like trying to hold on to Filipino culture and, and, and traditions and shit now that you are an American immigrant? It's actually my girl who like is pressing for that. I'm really? like, I don't like. You don't give a shit? I don't really care. Like, yeah. I didn't care when I grew up. So I yeah. was like, it's whatever he wants to do. So it's like, and if he. You know, obviously, if he wants to ask me, like, how to say this, how to say that, I'm, yeah. I'm going to educate him. But You still speak? Yeah, I do. I'm fluent. <laughs> my girl, it's, been, it's funny because my girl um, has been trying to learn Tagalog. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I'm fluent. Because, like, like, I told you via text, like, my girl's half Pine, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm, my boy on the way is going to be a quarter. Yeah. But I he's going to be a good mix. It's gonna be a, he's going to be a very handsome boy. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But that said, like... I I'm I grew up like a quarter Italian, right? But I yeah. feel like I don't know really anything about Italian culture. And so I fear that like him growing up a quarter Pinoy, like he's not going to get enough of that experience because her mom just passed away. So yeah. so like his main line into Filipino culture isn't going to be there. So I'm like, I don't know. I think about that a lot. Like how am I going to uh, um, you know try to expose him to that kind of shit? You can uh, put him on some good Filipino records. Yeah. Oh yeah. Please put me on films. game. I I do know that I'm gonna try to like learn to make lumpia, and, <laughs> and uh, you should learn a banana cue. A banana cue. It's Th- like that uh, cool. it's like banana fried banana. Yeah. And you cover it in like um a little bit of oil and like cover it in like brown sugar. Oh, that's and cool. then like the brown sugar like once Caramelizes. it's cooked, yeah, it's. Oh gas yeah uh you know her mom used to plug us with like longanisa and lumpia to Those fry up. give you the burps and yeah and then she tried to teach me how to make um what's that noodle dish uh pancit oh yeah pancit and she only really taught me she only taught me a couple times and i wasn't writing down i was just trying to like memorize it because i thought oh i got years to learn this and yeah. then she like suddenly passed away and so like i feel horrible that i'm not gonna learn any of that stuff from her you feel me anyway sorry that's a side note no, that's good, man. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean I think you'll pick up on it. Yeah, like, hopefully. Your girl's there. She'll be like, yeah, this tastes kind of Filipino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She'll give you the approval. Right, right. Uh, how often when you're growing up are you going back to the Philippines? Ever? Uh, I'm not trying to go back. You were, I mean, but would you visit when you were younger? Oh, no. Like, from like 6 to 15, I lived in America. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, my dad like got like a really good job in the Philippines when I was like fourteen or whatever. Yeah, and he he like went there and then he came back. He's like, yeah, we're gonna be living good out there. And I was like, all right, but like I was I was already like playing in bands out here and I was like, you know, I Didn't I thought I was gonna you. like grow up here. Like, yeah, and then yeah, we left and I was like super depressed. And, no way. Cause, and even moving back was hard because there was like a culture shock. Yeah. And, like, I didn't really understand, like, why people are so, like, judgmental. Like, I used to wear, like, tight-ass pants. People, you know, people would be, like, faggot, like, shit, stuff uh, like that. And yeah. like, wow, this is, uh, this is weird. I mean, I get that from, like, normal, like, gangbanging people. But, like, out there, it was, like, everyone almost, like, you know, was, like, really judgmental. I, I would, like, color my hair. There was, hair. like, a lot of machismo or something. Yeah, well, it that's, like, the, that's the culture. It's mm-hmm. very, like, macho and, mm-hmm. like violent and i was just like whatever <laughs> so you said that before you moved to the philippines you're already in bands so like mm-hmm. at what age do you start to realize that you have this passion for music i was young like i remember like before i was like 10 i asked my dad to like buy me turntables oh shit because i was like 
Because uh, all the best DJs are Filipino. Well, I don't know. I was like, I was a little kid. I liked Linkin Park. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I want to be like that guy. Oh, you weren't like, oh, DJ Qbert. Well, I didn't discover like like all the DJs till much later. Yeah. Until I was like 16. Yeah. Like, I got into like DJ Shadow. But like beforehand, I was like, you know, a little kid. I like only knew like what was on TV. Yeah, right, right. So yeah, like I wanted to like, I wanted to scratch of course that you know that didn't pan out he my, didn't get your tables no my dad got me everything oh he and, did and like he wouldn't let me scratch the records even if it was a scratch record i was like dad this is a scratch record you're supposed to scratch this he's like don't scratch that he's like you better learn to juggle don't scratch that yeah, shit. i was like i'm over this that's so, really funny it you know it, it kind of killed my dream of being like a scratch dj was it, <laughs> it were you like on serato or were you just like a mixer and headphones no, i had mixer and two turntables holy shit and i was just like i was like this left and right shit is boring to me because i was i wanted to scratch yeah that's <laughs> so i was amazing. like ah, uh, i got into guitar after that it was that the next instrument like were you guys just, just taking road trips to guitar center and just like playing around with stuff like i remember like my dad was trying to like encourage me to do something like apart from skateboarding so he was like do you like music like i'll get you a guitar i was like i guess and they bought me like those like hundred dollar guitars with the amp yeah at guitar center and uh i sucked that guitar forever man i only i think i got into it when i moved into the when i moved to the philippines how'd you start figuring it out though because i mean you're in bands before you even go to the philippines so you must have known a few power chords so yeah what happened was uh like, the first songs I learned were, like, Metallica, Fade to Black, yeah. and, like, some Nirvana songs. Do, so it was do, more do, like do, plucking. Do, 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 and then that's like, the first one I learned as yeah, a kid. Yeah, same. So when I moved to San Clemente, like, I saw these, like, these, like, cool, like, punk dudes at, like, the movies where we where all the kids hung out. And uh, I was like, damn, I want to be friends with these guys. And then I found out they were looking for a bassist, and I've never played bass or nothing. <laughs> but I was like, Dad, like, these guys don't want me to, like, play bass for them. I was like, you got to give me a bass. And, like, a week later, he, like, got me a bass. I feel like I just saw a meme about that where it's like w when you see a band that's cooler than yours and you play guitar, you just better learn to figure out the bass if they need a bassist. I wasn't even in a band at the time. I was just, like, skating at the at the movies and, like, just seeing these guys that skated. And, like, I heard they made music. I was like... What's up with them? Like, I want to hang with them. Yeah. So I joined that band and, like... What it, were they called? The Liberal Underground. Yeah. It was, like, an anarcho-punk band. That's and tight. They, they would, like, cover, like, rudimentary peni and, like... I didn't know any of that. You know, I was just a kid, so I was like, yeah, I just want to play as fast as I can because, like, all the songs were, like, a minute and, like, they were super fast. Yeah, and I'd yeah. just be, like, trying to keep up. Were you much younger than them? Yeah, I was, like, you know, I was, like, 13 or 14. And they are what, like... Like no, seniors, yeah, they're seniors, and like they would like like after practice, like they'd listen to like music in my friend's van and like smoke weed and like yeah, they'd be like, you want to hit this, and then be like, nah, you don't want to hit this, like acting too cool. I was like, oh come on, man, I I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't even know how to smoke, like, but I would like to, but yeah, eventually I tried, you know, and I was like, you're like here, just blow it in my face. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be all paranoid when my mom picks me up, like, oh shit, I hope she doesn't smell it. Yeah, right. And so, like, were those kids just, like, the coolest thing they're ever the, to you? They're the coolest dudes ever. Yeah. And, like, you know, they, they're they on that DIY shit. So, like, they, like, customize the way they dressed. And yeah. they just they just look cool. And, like, I always... How did your personal style change being around them? Do you remember? Started, like, safety pinning my pants from the inside and, like, wearing more patches. And, like, and then, like, uh, this... 
our lead guitarist was like the leader of the band. Yeah. And like he got into like electro clash. He like went to OSHA. I was like, damn, this dude like wearing like polka dot shirts with like ties and then like has like super colorful hair. I was like, I want to dress like that now. And like, yeah. you know, he just influenced me to like be weird. Like I, I got into like mod shit too. So I was like in freshman year, I was like all like 60s and like. Wow. Yeah, I just I just buy like blazers at like Salvation Army. I got you. <laughs> yeah, and so what were, what were your um, peers in your grade looking at you like? Who's this weirdo? Or they were like, "Yo, this uh, fool's tight." No, like I guess everybody fucked with me, but like all my friends, like in my in my grade, were like hardcore emo scene kids. Oh yeah. And like yeah, one of my best friends growing up was like super hardcore. So. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to be different. Like, you guys, like, like throw down. I like my bloody Valentine. Yeah, but right. I still fucked with them. Like, you know, they're just my friends anyway. Like, there's no, like, reason to see, like, our differences. Because totally. we were already weird. Like, because yeah. they're the jocks, you know, oh, at school. Right, and, like, right. we ain't with that. So we're just like, we're the weirdos who wear tight pants and right. get called, like, gay all the time. And it's like, whatever, dude. Did you guys... Did the Liberal Underground play shows out? We just played, like... Garage parties and shit? Apartments. Apartments. Like, I remember we played, like, my friend Noah's, um, like, apartment. He was, like, a crust punk dude. Oh, yeah. And um, I remember, like, someone fell into, like, his wall, and they, like, put like punctured a big-ass hole. Yeah. And I remember, like, someone pushed me while I was playing, and, like, my bass went into the wall. <laughs> it was... Just it was drywall holes. Dude, it everywhere. was, like, as big... Like, it was small. Yeah. But that was, like, my first show, and then, like... Do you remember the feeling afterwards? Like, were you just fucking... I was just scared. I was, like, everyone's, like, super, like, violent, moshing. Like oh, going. yeah. And I, dude, I'm, like, I was 4'11 forever, so, oh, yeah. you know, little I was just, like, a little, little baby. Yeah. With, like, these big-ass dudes, and yeah. I'd just be, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that scene has a lot of machismo as well, huh? It Yeah, like, growing up, I kind of slowly learned that. I was, like, damn, you guys are on some, like, tough guy shit. Yeah. 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 It's whatever. So then the, the rug gets pulled under the liberal underground because you find out you have to move back to the Philippines? Oh, I like, I, that band kind of folded because um, our singer was like, had an ego thing. Oh, yeah. And like everyone wasn't like, they weren't getting along anymore. So I joined this like other band. Yeah. It's called like Claude Winters and they were into like Built to Spill and Pin Back and Modest Mouse. Yeah. So like. That's how I, like, kind of, like, got into, like, indie, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I played bass for them, and I would, like, practice the drums after practice, and that was interesting. At that point, when you're playing bass for these bands, did it become the instrument you were most passionate about, or did it just feel like, ah, I have to play bass because that's what they need? It's just the only thing I knew how, yeah. how to play, because I, I was just like, yeah, I guess this is all I can do, so. Did you get pretty good at bass? No, I wasn't like Thundercat, you know. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> like you're not like some aficionado. You're just playing nah, top notes. Dun, 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 dun. I was just doing like simple shit. Yeah, and um, I was just like carrying the like the rhythm, you know. Yeah, so I was totally. Just, uh, how was school for you? I was pretty. I was pretty good when I was up until sixth grade. I yeah. just kind of like got into getting in trouble. Yeah, like I kind of developed an attitude. So, what do you think made you develop an attitude? The skating. No, I don't know. I think like the the way the teachers treated me and made me feel dumb. So I was like, you know, I just 
I started sucking at math, and uh, I'm not your like cliche Asian like smart mathematician, right? So you know, I was like, I was falling off, and by the time I got in like freshman year, I was going to like summer school all the time. Or, yeah, or before that, even it was like seventh grade. Right. I was already doing summer school, so I hated school. And how was it at home around that time when you when you're having to go to summer school? Are your parents getting pissed at you, or are they just kind of like, oh, yeah, they'll figure it out? You know, like. They were always mad at me for, like, I'm, I remember, like, up until I was, like, in my 20s, like, felt like my parents didn't understand why I was, how I was. And, right. Yeah, just, I don't know. Yeah. School was tough, and, like, my family shit was not, like, all smooth. Yeah. What What wasn't smooth? Just, like, my relationship with my parents. Like, I guess, you know, they wanted me to, like, you know, do good in school and just normal stuff and I was just like into music and skating and yeah didn't really have like any aspirations or like a direction so yeah I don't blame them like now I'm like I understand why we didn't get along yeah it was probably my fault so. <laughs> yeah absolutely but at the same time like it turns out you did have aspirations you just didn't realize maybe they were realistic you know yeah till I moved back to the Philippines that's when I thought like I could be someone yeah like I never thought like because when I was like living in in Cali, like, I was, like, I was thinking, like, when I graduate high school, I'll just work at Starbucks or something, you know? Like, and, and make music. Not even just work, know, Just work at Starbucks, that I was, was it. Like, it was like, I was literally living for my parents. Yeah. So, you know, living for their happiness. Yeah, right. So, when you move back to the Philippines, then what changes? Did you guys move back to the same area or somewhere else? Oh, no, like, definitely an upgrade from, like, what I was born into, but, um... Yeah, we were, like, living in, like, pretty nice, like, condos for a while. In Manila? Yeah, yeah, like, my dad had, like, a really good job for a while. Can I ask real quick, how did your dad get into animation if he's from these, like, slums as you described them in, in the Philippines? So, he told me when he was, like, when he graduated high school, when he was in college or whatever, his dad made him, like, take culinary school because that's what it, um, my grandpa does. He's, like, a, a chef. He, cook. yeah, he was a chef for like, like he was a seaman. Okay. So he would cook on boats. That yeah. That was his job. Yeah. And I guess my dad didn't want to do that. And he like begged my aunt who had like a little money to like enroll him in art school. And that's where he met my mom. And yeah. Oh, like, was she in art school too? Yeah. They like took up, both took up like fine arts. So you have two artistic ass parents. Yeah. But they're not as like open-minded as me. Like yeah. they're artists, but they're like. You know, they didn't like let me smoke weed and yeah. stuff like that. Like, <laughs> <You're> like <laughs> my parents are such prudes; they wouldn't let me smoke they, weed. They, they would, but they'd let you know. Yeah. I, I'd like stay out like late, and they're cool. It's just, yeah, like they weren't as like. But it seems crazy like, as me. but the creativity is in the genes, though. You know what I mean? Like you, have, yeah. Like my dad would always tell me, like you don't gotta do drugs to like be creative. That you're something you're born with. And yeah, that's right. Now that I'm older, I'm like I know what he means now. Cause like, now I you know I don't have to be right messed up all the time to do to do this. Totally. So when you guys get back to the Philippines, you're staying in uh, nice condos in the yeah. in, in Manila, right? And it seems like you have some sort of musical awakening where where things get a little more real like oh this could be a possibility what happens it was like 
I was pretty alone for like a year, like had no friends, didn't know anyone out there. Everybody's hating on your skinny jeans. Yeah, just like I didn't know there were other people like me there. And like I, I made my space and like I found my best friend who like in his like music interest was like Sonic Youth, My Bloody Valentine, Wu-Tang. I was like, oh, what's up with this dude? Yeah, like, yeah. We need to meet up. And I was like, yo, like. We should hang out like I have a drum set at home and like guitar and some amps like we should jam and we met up at like a tower records and ever since we've just like been making music sick what's his name Julius and he like yeah he he's the one who put me on to like Dilla and like all the like golden age rap shit so sick. before him I was like the only thing I knew about rap was like Wu-Tang and like shit on TV yeah right Shout out Julius. He's the reason why, like, I took music seriously. Same age as you or older? He's, like, five years older. Okay, yeah. So this is, like, a big brother for you. Yeah. Yeah. And takes you under... My father. (laughs) (laughs) My my father figure outside of my father. There you go. He kind of takes you under his wing and shows you all this, like, cool music that you didn't know about. Yeah. And opens some horizons for you. Yeah, he definitely just, like made me believe in everything that i'm doing now so, yeah like he's were you like recording little demos on your own before you met him and and, and stuff like that uh, i didn't even know how to record okay. i was just like literally just playing my instrument that's it nothing nothing else yeah so- and um so we started a band called b eyes and um you guys had some success with b eyes yeah yeah, like we opened for like Mac DeMarco in Singapore. Yeah. That's how I met him. You know, that was like the height of it. And then our bassist left. But what happened was like, you know, we, we just played like a bunch of, we played everywhere in the Philippines, like any free show, like little bars, whatever, you know. And um, I started like, you know, the more I went out to like shows, I'd see like my peers who were like, hip-hop heads and they like would like fucking bust out the mpc and play shit live on that i'd be like what's up with this like i want to like want to know about this you know so like i would go to a lot of shows and like be influenced by these guys eventually like these guys like shout out to like the whole like black market b-side fam in like manila but like they like they brought like Law and Theory people out to Manila. Like yeah. they brought like Daedalus, GLK, like yeah, you know all all these fools like all have, all kind, former kind of neat guests. Shout out, yeah. yeah. So you know like they've like they're the ones like outside of like me and Joyce's friendship. Like they're the ones who like were pushing that culture like in our country because like the scene there was like there are like clubs that played like Katy Perry you yeah, know? and like DJ yeah. like top 40 shit yeah and then like these guys came along and they would like have like events like Irie Sunday where they DJ DJ out of a ice cream truck and yeah. you know like that kind of did, that did DJ stuff. nobody ever go over there during that yeah time? yeah he he's Pinoy too yeah he works out of this studio well you know yeah. like I think he's my bandmate's neighbor too oh yeah yeah well then that means your bandmate lives lives right by me because Elvin lives right down in the Eagle street Rock? From me. yeah in Eagle yeah, Rock so yeah literally like I live right down the street from Elvin hey that we're gonna have play dates bro if you're in Eagle Rock a lot you know we're hey, gonna man, there um, you go I'm just uh, I live in Echo Park so yeah I'm out here be like Bodie and fucking little baby whatever Shaner comes out you yes know? There like, you go. my my son could use a friend there we go yeah he'll, <laughs> he'll be he'll be the older homie though the, yeah like a couple months older yeah, for sure like don't worry I got you <laughs> I'm gonna show you how to roll this blunt <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, listen to this shoegaze album my dad put me on to. You want a swig? Yeah. Like, what the? I'm gonna get mad. Yeah, a fucking sipping 40s in a baby bottle. God damn, Bodie, what, where are you learning this from? I learned it from you, dad. He's like, I was not even doing that. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's gonna be crazy. So, so uh, these guys, Black Market, they start bringing all these like yeah all, alt music kind of figures over to the Philippines. All, all, all the left field. Yeah. Like, they were like fucking with that. Like, like, so shout out to my OGs. Like they're, you know, they're the reason why like I watched the LA scene like growing up and like yeah. I was very like like I paid attention to all the low end theory shit. And That's like, right. you know, you've mentioned Fly Low and like yeah. dude, all those guys are like, you know, people I look up to. So yeah. They've all been sitting right where you're sitting, man. They've all yeah, been in this room said, before. Like, this is Daddy Kev's yeah, place. I'm that's like, it. It's all full circle, the, man. This is crazy. All full circle. <laughs> what was B.I.'s like? Like, was it, uh, it was an indie rock band? Like a psych rock shoegaze band. Yeah, okay. And, and then, was it just the two of you or was it? it we were like three and um, and we'd like go through a bunch of drummers because like I remember the first drummer we got was like a metal guy. He was yeah. in this band Animosity. Yeah. And he would like play like crazy fills. And I was like, yo, you need to chill on those fills, dude. Like, this is just some like, we were trying to do some like Velvet Underground <laughs> shit at the time. So he's got like, like, he's like, like oh. <laughs> I'm like, yo, like, so we kicked him out. You know, we got like another drummer. And just, like, we went through so many drummers. I'm not going to say bad things. Like, no, I got you. But like, drummers for hire, basically, until you guys found the right like pocket. We never. Never did. Never did. It, okay. It was always just like we would just would have. Like I was the best drummer, honestly. Yeah. Like I would play the drums. We we started out as a three piece. Yeah. And I would play the drums, and then they would play guitars and stuff. But yeah, yeah like you know, eventually, like by got, that point, had you picked up the guitar as yeah, well? Yeah. So much I got better at I got good at guitar. Start shredding or what? No, I'm not like Hendrix, dude. Yeah. I was just I wanted to make cool riffs. I got it was you. Just like more on the ideas. Yeah, I got you. So like, yeah, I got into guitar more. How did you get good at guitar through YouTube? No, through being sad, like at home, and <laughs> like, just fucking not having shit to do, not having money to go out. Like I was like, oh, well, I got this guitar. Like yeah. let's make this work. So you just figured it out on your own. Yeah, that's like, tight. It's just more like I don't know. Like I just have the ear for it. Like yeah, I just like and like. I could figure out like a chord. I would just like hum all the pitches in my head. Yeah. And I could hear that. Yeah. It's weird. Are you writing songs for for BIs as well? Yeah, we like started writing songs together. Yeah. And um yeah, so like we got into recording like cuz uh we would like start going to studios and like they would charge us a lot of money and we were like, you know, we were young, we didn't have like a lot of money. So we were like so not into that and like we'd work with like whoever the house engineer was and he'd be like in the incubus and like, yo, I want my guitar to sound like the 60s. He'd just make it sound like some new metal shit. Yeah. I'd be like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So we got fed up. with Couldn't like, get in the right tone zone. Yeah. So like, you know, we tried to ask our peers for help, but shout outs to them for not helping us because that actually made us want to learn, learn it ourselves. Right. So, you know, like we like started on GarageBand. <laughs> yeah, of course. So you just get like a little interface or something yeah. in a MacBook and you Changed start my figuring life. it out. Yeah. Changed our life like once. Because Julius was dating this like, um, his girl at the time was um, the daughter of like a famous rapper out there. Yeah. His name is Francis M. And she was like already in like, she's like, she's an actress. So she's in showbiz and Sick. just knows how like the industry works out there. She's like, you guys got to make like pop songs. Not like, like pop, but you know, like, like. 
They gotta be with traditional you. structure that you could play on the radio. Yeah. Now, because at at first we were like a noise band. Yeah. So we were like, nah, oh, this is cool. We're like, we're doing some some weird shit. Yeah. We jam for hours and just make the epic noise. <laughs> just leave the garage and not be able to hear anymore. Basically, like my ears would be ringing all yeah. night after, and I'd just be like, that was sick, dude. Like. Now that I'm older, I'm like, I'm not trying to do that. Like, yeah, now we're deaf and shit. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm pretty deaf now. Like, like, oh, same. Elvia always, like, my girl will always talk to me. I'll be like, huh? Like, oh, my bad. Like, I've sure. spent way too many years in loud headphones. Like, yeah. I cannot hear shit anymore. It's crazy. I've messed my ears up. Yeah. I, I mean, both my dad had to wear, my dad was like just a music fan. And by yeah. the time he fucking died, he was deafer than shit, dude. Like, he used to have to wear hearing aids just from listening to loud music his whole life. I'll be, I'll, I'm, I'm on my way. Yeah, same. So, with B Eyes, do you guys start seeing some, like, moderate success in the philippines yeah you're playing shows all the time are you touring yeah, at all um we like just played like a lot of shows around the philippines and yeah the biggest opportunity was when we got like asked to open for mac in singapore and Kuala did, Lumpur. did he request that himself or was it like an agent or something i think my our friend who's like an australian filipino guy was like you know he's a fan of what we like the very few recordings we had up online and he he pitched us to like open for him yeah and i guess he chose us that's tight dude so i was like you know that was like a big thing because like we were already listening to mac like when when that happened and he was like killing it so so how was that show for you guys um epic i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like for us it was just like the biggest thing like yeah even if it wasn't like at a super huge venue it was just like to play with someone like who's already doing what we want to do professionally felt like we were doing something right you know and you guys got to kind of like hang out with him backstage and yeah, stuff we and like, like chop it up we we partied you know yeah like, that's we tight went out in singapore and now call me crazy but you don't seem like a very excitable dude doesn't seem like a lot really would get, would, would make you go like woohoo but when was I'm that drunk, was, though. was that ex- was that exciting could you look back and go that was exciting it was like yeah. that was more like that was i don't know i was pretty depressed that like all my life so i felt like that was like that's when things felt like, 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 like I had hope and like, like what a I was light doing. at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, type was, shit. I never saw a light and like yeah. I, I never even like. That's heavy. I never like you know thought like, like you you could work at something and it would like it'd be fruitful. Yeah. You know, down the line. That's that's fucking depressing just to hear. I just, it, it, well, you know, I wanted yeah. to work at Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not working out, I man. Like, I have I'm not a barista yet. No, like I just you know I didn't. I well, didn't. let me ask you this: You're self aware enough to know that you're depressed your whole life. I also have been depressed most of my life. I went yeah. to a therapist for a while. They t- they she told Same. me that it was like uh, dystemic depression, where it's like I'm not like super down here, but I'm always just a little below average, you know. Yeah. So that's what I was gonna ask. Did you? go to therapy did you ever try ssris or anything i got this thing called theta healing it's like third eye healing oh yeah and um it was it was when i was like in my 20s yeah and like i was trying to process like all my ptsd from like getting like jumped and robbed and all that like all that i just didn't understand what that was and i was like why am i so fearful of people and like why do i want to like like when i got older i got more like like i wanted to fight everybody because i was like Yeah. yeah i was like I'm not like that either. Like, yeah. like, growing up as a kid, I was, like, you know, I was scared. 
of all that stuff and it's hard to trust people when yeah. when even like the kids down the street don't have your back yeah you so know? you know it's just like the older i got and like more social drama would happen yeah. that like i got more like i got you know i got more like defensive like yeah. just like thinking the wrong way like i want to hurt people and like, so what was theta therapy all about you're meditating and concentrating on these traumatic events yeah and like she would just be like she would just make me like confront it because i guess i would never even confront it yeah. so and like i remember i would start shaking whenever it would be like things that like i really didn't want to go like think about yeah and like once i got through all the shaking and all that stuff i felt a little better mm -hmm. and like the more we did that like the more deeper we got into like my childhood and like all all the stuff like i've gone through and then oh. so it, you know it did help like understanding like that that's the root of my anger yeah like that you know helps me now and now I'm more self-aware yeah even more so I'm just like if I really get mad this time it's like you know like like it's got like I don't know it's it can't happen to me now because like I just like I don't want to it's not worth it you know yeah totally and like I'm older and I got I got a family now so I got shit to lose you know? yeah, so it's totally. like you can't just get down with somebody because like you know they they're talking shit about you I'm right. just like I got to be the bigger man and like I didn't know what that meant for a while like how to walk away from situations Were you getting into fights a lot? Before I moved here definitely In the Philippines? Shit shit was bad out there Totally like, Did you win most of them? I think most of them yeah Yeah I didn't I, I only there was only one time I got a black guy, but it wasn't. I was actually trying not to fight the guy. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was like I'm not. I'm not hard, dude. Like I'm just like, I was going through a lot growing up, yeah. like in especially in my twenties. So yeah, I'm just trying to like, literally be positive and like as lame as that sounds, it's like yeah. I don't know. I've seen a lot of shit, so I'm just now like I'm just like trying to you know live a positive life. And, totally. You know, be there for my kid. Let me ask you something that's maybe kind of heavy for since we just met, but it's something that I've been thinking about a lot. Uh, and being that you're a new father, perhaps you can relate to it. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder about your relationship with your father. Was there a certain point where you guys were not as close anymore? Yeah, like, you know. he'd Like around your teens probably, huh? Yeah, like especially in my teens, like that's when like our fights got even worse. And I ask that or I say that because I experienced the same thing with my dad where it was like when I was really coming into my own in my teens, yeah. he was gone for a while. And then when he got back, we were like, you know, two d completely different people and just did not see eye to eye whatsoever. And man, having a boy on the way and now that you have a boy Scary. i often think about trying to like break that generational curse yeah. of fatherhood where it's like you know i know that my dad and i didn't get along because him and his dad get, didn't get along yeah. you know what i'm saying like that's just what you learn and so i don't know do you ever worry about that with your kid that's like my biggest worry Dude, so me too. it's just like you know like a lot of like self-reflecting like yeah especially the last few years in my life and then now like He's here, and I'm just, like, I got to learn how to act right. And, like, I'm still learning what that means. Like, yeah. You know, like, I'm not perfect father, so it's, like... But even the things that you said about trying to remain open-minded yeah. for him and stuff like that are, like, oh, I, you know, I just hope that he's, like, a little cool artsy skater kid or whatever. Like, you'll support him what in whatever he does. And I think maybe that's, like... I feel like he might even be more open-minded, so I'm, like... Of course, that's they, what they I'm always like. are. 
that's where it like it really like yo as per as progressive me. as you and i think we are our kids will be more progressive than that and we'll be like you yeah. guys are crazy i'm probably gonna be a square you, it, oh dude in trust. his point of view that's what i'm saying is like you by the time he's of the age where you were really cool you will be a square you know yeah, and i'll be more fearful for his life because you know i don't want him to make those mistakes and right because all the things all right all the things that you and i did that like made us you know feel cool feel like we're yeah. learning things feel like we're figuring out the world those are the things our parents were trying to protect us from yeah like and we're gonna try to protect them from that all that like trying to be cool and yeah. like get your cool friends validation it's not gonna fly it's not timeless you know nah yeah and i mean i think about that a lot too being being like not uh drinking or doing drugs anymore so i think about when my boy is gonna be like you know 14 15 having his first beers and me trying to go like I, I know that in my heart of hearts, I can't tell him like, hey, man, don't fucking drink at that age. Because like, boy, I was getting fucked up at that age. Like, I go ahead. I, I don't care. I hope I can do it with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, this ain't that great. Like, you're going you're gonna to puke. Watch. Like, keep yeah. drinking. Watch, watch you puke. That's like, exactly You're going to see exactly what I'm right. talking Because that's the whole thing is like, you want to tell him like, hey, man, you should just skip this whole part of your life because it really sucks. But then it's like, you have to experience it to He's know it gotta, sucks. I, I don't know. Like, I... I tell myself that like when that happens, I want to be the one to introduce everything to him uh -huh. and be like, you know, like this is this, this is that, this is what it could do to you. But right. like, I'm not going to tell you not to do it, right. but I kind of have to be yeah. that like opposing figure in some way. Right. So it's going to be weird. Like you're gonna be like, here, you want to smoke a cigarette? Smoke this whole smokes, carton. <laughs> nah, you can smoke this weed instead. <laughs> yeah. Like this nicotine going to kill you. Yeah. I don't even like cigs. So yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, you know. I'm going to take it Are as, you closer with your dad now than you were in your teen years, you think? We don't, like, talk a lot, but yeah. I, got, I got more, like, empathy for, yeah. like... It's hard It's hard to talk to to your dad. Huh? You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, my dad's, like, a tough guy. Yeah. So I'm, like... They don't like to talk. It's like pulling teeth. I just say I love you. That's good that you say it. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know, like, he's, like, going through some health shit now, and I'm uh. already, like... I'm already feeling bad, like, you know, so I want to, like, I want to change, hopefully have time to change our, like, relationship. You know, uh, everybody that listens knows this story, but my dad got Alzheimer's at a very young age. He got oh, it when he was, I was only 27 when he got it, and he was, he was uh, in his early, he's, like, in his mid-50s, mm -hmm. right? And so, like, I never had any time to heal that relationship, and so I always tell people, particularly, like, where you're at in your life, where you're, like, I can feel it, and I want to heal that relationship, like, yeah. do it now. Yeah. Don't, don't wait, because there comes a time where you can't. You know, it's true. yeah. Okay, so now we'll get back into it. the music. Yeah, back to cool. the music, bro. This no. is what makes the music. It is. That's real. But I am curious. Like after that Mac DeMarco show, do you guys start getting more looks, or was that kind of the beginning of the end of? Uh, that was the end. That was the end. Because um, our bassist, his dream was to. He's like an orphan. Yeah. So his dream is to learn spanish because his fan like he's like spanish or yeah and the, his like the people that adopted him well his parents um are not like spanish filipino they're like like asian asian so you know like he it was his dream to like learn more about spanish and so he wanted to move to spain to study how to be like a spanish teacher yeah and knowing me like i'm i'm a dreamer so i was like yeah dude like i mean if that's what you want to do like hell yeah do it so 
obviously like my motivation for him like kind of was he was like yeah I'm, I'm, I guess I'm gonna quit and me and Julius tried to keep it going but it wasn't the same because like we had this like trifecta this like like if you put the three of us in like in a room together we have like we got magic you know yeah and like without him like it felt it didn't feel like it was like as magical and like yeah. we started out together too so it felt like everything was just different and like yeah like the band just got slower and then Julius was like working already yeah. and like I like ne I never I couldn't afford to go to college because like yeah you know I told you like my parents like got a good job and like yeah. that job folded eventually oh, <laughs> and like right, right. so we fell on tough times and like it was around those times that I you know, I was lucky I had a computer and an instrument. Yeah. And uh, that's when I, like, did the iDress thing. That's when you start making iDress tunes. Yeah, I was just singing over, like, Fruity Loops beats. Yeah. And, like, just shit I made on Fruity Loops. And then, yeah, you know, like, that, like, that was the only thing I had going for me. And at yeah. the time, I was, like, I was into film. I even went to film school for a bit, but I quit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, I did that, and... Like, I was, like, making videos for other bands and not really focusing on myself. And, um, I, like, when this I started... This is all still in the Philippines, yeah. Yeah, when I started doing iDress, I was like, maybe I should make myself a video. Yeah. And then Julius was, like, down to be the director. For, so he pretty much directed, like, all my early vids. Yeah. And we'd post that shit, and we'd send it to, like, all the blogs, like, we could find on the internet yeah what blogs were it during that day just those days? random blogs like i don't know like i remember gorilla versus bear yeah, was like popping and like but there was this one blog called abino that yeah. i sent like our video to and uh that was owned by the head of a and r at xl oh yeah this guy imran yeah he lives here actually now yeah. and uh yeah he like saw my video he fucked with it he when he called me on skype i thought i was like talking to god because he was like i want to sign you i was like that's such I've and never... i mean xl is like are you kidding me that's legendary yeah and like i remember he like uh there's this this girl who's half filipino she she's the director at xl and she flew in with her husband to um to check on me and see like how my shows were and like i remember i opened for like grimes or something oh wow and like yeah like i guess like they were like just watching me for a bit and then they signed me and like i like you know they brought me out to london and yeah what, what's that what's that like as a developing artist in the philippines um where you kind of like every alt act that comes to the philippines i just is going to open for them mm, kind yeah, of i opened for like mogwai too yeah it was like you know it was i was i, I got pretty cool and i was like I didn't know how to feel about it because, like, no one was actually fucking with me before. So yeah. it was, like, weird that, like, when you get some sort of accolade, people, like, start to be nice to you. Were those accolades mostly local in the Philippines or was it international? Just the, well, yeah, the, like, getting signed to XL. After XL. It was, okay, like, yeah, yeah. it was an imprint on XL. Yeah. And, like, it was just a big deal because, like, you never really saw that happen to anyone out there. Nah, so that's like, huge. Me and my friends were, like, this is crazy. And, yeah. like, I'd go out. I used to go out a lot and, like, I'd see like people who were like, you know, pretty standoffish in the past, like yeah. start being friendly and being like, congrats. They're like, where'd you get your tight pants, man? I want to get some. You no, know, and I just, yeah. And I just like, I didn't know how to like respond to that. Cause I was like, 
nobody was showing love prior yeah like before that so it was like besides my peers but you know like and as you mentioned like growing up with that trauma of like you know being in the hood and not being able to trust the people that you, you yeah it's like you so, how how can you trust all these people all this these newfound friends i you used know? to be out like on shrooms and acid and like kind of see like these people as like evil people yeah, <laughs> and just I'd like, be, like energy vampires yeah and i you know like like you know it just made me like made me careful because yeah. like people all of a sudden were nice and this this is the hardest lesson i learned from that was when they dropped me yeah like you know they they like i was living out in london for like a year and um, almost two years yeah and um i would go back and forth to the philippines and then yeah like there was one point where they got me like a like a year visa for like to live in the uk and like i'm pretty sure that was expensive yeah and um my mom's mom passed away so like yeah i wanted to like be there for her when like when i could have like lived out there and worked on whatever my dream or whatever yeah and you know i just felt bad like i didn't want my mom to like be alone yeah so i like went back and shit just didn't pan out with the label and like they dropped me and that's when like all those people that were like congrats and stuff that's when like that that faded away and i was like you know i was like that was the toughest thing for me because i was like it felt like people were fucking with me at first and then to see that like just disappear just because i wasn't on like a record label that like you know that shattered like my like my fucking soul so yeah yeah i was just like um i still like i I kept like you know i kept like a good relationship with like people i've worked with like while i was with them like people at like noisy and like the fader yeah so like i made an album i posted it on Bandcamp and like yeah you know they helped me share and um eventually like uh this guy prefuse 73 who's signed to the label i I love prefuse yeah yeah shout out to galermo yeah like you know he he asked me like do you have a deal are you signed i was like no like you know but he was like but these label uh these these like blogs are fucking with you i was like yeah and you know and he was just like he was i i I didn't even think like anything was gonna happen but he was like I'm gonna put you in touch with this label and um that's Lex literally yeah literally yeah. like a week later like he put me in touch and man that like you know that made me so grateful how and long like, ago was this a couple years yeah a couple years ago yeah. and um that that was more like you know a humbling experience for me because like had you previously met Prefuse or or was it never like, dude he, he just was, reached out to you cold yeah, call he was like yo like I like I like your music. That's and, tight. He's like a legendary producer. Of course, man. Yeah. You know, I I was like, yeah, dude, I grew up listening to your stuff on right. Warp. I was like, like this is crazy. So, yeah. Yeah, it was just it was just crazy. So, That's like, a trip, dude. Wow, that trip. must have been very validating. Yeah, man, and like you know, to this day I haven't seen him. You never met <laughs> Where him. Is this guy? <laughs> I was in New York. I was like, "Let's link, bro!" Like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah. He's he's a mysterious guy. So man, that's but, you wild. Know, he's like in 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 sense to me like an angel. Like so, he, literally, because like you've never seen him in real life. Yeah, <laughs> Just like, like a I'm fucking like, angel. What yeah. are you like, dude? He's amazing. That's so, really like, cool. Does he does he like A and R for Lex or something or just no idea? Yeah. What was the first record you put out with Lex? 
Manila Ice. Of Manila and, Ice, um, yeah. Yeah, I have a song with him on there. Well, what's the response like to Manila Ice? Did, did it start getting the attention that, that you uh, wanted from it? Yeah, yeah, it did. Like, it got, like, this, like, my homie in London, like, was working at Boiler Room at the time. And yeah. that's how she found out about me. Yeah. She was, like, like, a fellow Filipina who wanted to, like, get in touch with her roots. So, like, when she, like, found out about me, she, like... She came to the Philippines with her boyfriend at the time. He's, like, the guitarist for James Blake. Okay, yeah. And, um, yeah, like, they visited me, like, bought a shirt off me, and um, I kind of, like, introduced her to, like, the scene, like, my group of friends and, like, all the other people that I wasn't friends with that were making music too. And, like, she eventually, like, started making, like, a documentary about, like, our scene out there. Yeah. It's private on YouTube right now because, like, um, it kind of criticizes our president. And uh, yeah, there's this law turn, yeah. out there right now, like, where if you criticize him, you can, he can lock you up. Holy shit. So we just made a private, yeah. like, only since that thing became a thing. But, right. um, yeah, we, like, worked on that documentary for, like, two years. We were just capturing, like, what was going on. I, sh- I should send it to you. Yeah, please. But, um, yeah, it was, re- you know, it was a really good time. They were, like, everybody was, like, forming their own little groups and, like, so doing cool. their thing. And, and, and I mean, like, you don't have to toot your own horn here, but were you sort of a forefather of that scene or, like, kind of a, the godfather of that scene? Like, w- No, like, it's, like, this guy's like like PG. Okay. Like this guy Pasta Groove out there. Yeah. He, he's like and him and like Califay and this guy Red Eye. Like they're like the they're like the OGs. The OGs uh, yeah. At least my like my OGs. Like I didn't look up to the like showbiz artists that wanted to be like superstars. You know, I just like these low key dudes. And so that documentary covers all those fellows too. Did it didn't cover them? It oh. covered like me and like. Like, cause they're older, so like okay, it covered yeah. like all the younger kids, and like you know, I wanted the kids to like have like that that exposure because like I don't know, like I feel like I mean I was a musician growing up out there, and I felt like we didn't have that like we didn't have that pathway paved for us, and right. I wanted to be like yo, like hear all the like kids that like they may not be my friends, but they're like you know they're doing like they're doing this yeah they're passionate about it they put on their own shows like you know so like yeah i was just kind of i was just the bridge i I wasn't like i'm not gonna say i'm like a forefather i'm just like i just put two and two together like my friend works at boiler room this is gonna be a big thing for underground artists so i was like let's you know put all this together and like yeah you know so now then we made that documentary and you could see like all the young kids doing like music out there and yeah that's what it was about it wasn't about me even manila ice was um that album wasn't really for me like it was just i it was just a way for me to get all the kids that i liked like on my album just so they could like you know like have a shot yeah and like a lot of them like you know are still doing this music thing and we've all grown apart yeah sadly but um that's what happens yeah you know i was just i was just trying to be that like bigger brother like because yeah. i didn't have that like like i told you like my peers didn't like really like they showed love but they didn't like help me like you know when i'd be like yo can you teach me how to record they want to pull up so i just feel like you know i tried to be what was i felt was lacking in our yeah in our community yeah so when you release Manila Ice, you're still living in the Philippines? Yeah. Did you tour internationally with that? Yeah, well, I went to, like, 
went to Europe. And How was to, it? I toured the UK. First tour? Uh, no, it was like, well, when XL had, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, like, brought me out and, like, I was playing, like, these crazy shows. They're, like, kind of, like, indie major, so, like, Yeah, totally. I was, like, I was dapped up, you know, like, kind of a little spoiled. Oh, yeah. And then when I was with Lex, like, I was, like, walking around in Paris with, like, my fucking heavy guitar case walking upstairs and, like, taking trains. So it was, like, more, like, humbling, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And, like, I really got that, like, that tough experience the real tour life like, the real tour life damn shit. touring sucks yeah. like if you're not like balling dude like this shit is tough so yeah like it was just it was that and i toured europe and it was it was pretty tough and uh um, yeah. it was cool though man like i had a great time because i it was better than being in the philippines right because like being there was just like really like depressing for me uh that sucks man it's, no, it's just it's just me, like like me responding to my environment. I'm, yeah. I'm just fucking like. Are you really sensitive to your environment? I'm a sensitive boy. I, I'm really <laughs> sensitive to. You know, I grew up in Alaska, Shit. and and my wife, we you know we live in Eagle Rock, and yeah, and she's always like, oh, we, you know, we should move, we should do something, we should go somewhere. Like I, I've always lived in California, and I said, I'm like, babe. I've lived in a lot of places and like I'm too sensitive to the environment. I can't, I need to like be in the sunshine all the time or I'm yeah. like a miserable piece of shit, you know? And because I like, yeah, I respond, I respond to that. Yeah. LA is very like, it, it is very happy out here. Like, it's just very consistent, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, consistency is really important for my moods, you know? Same. Yeah. So, what was the catalyst to get you to move back out here? I don't know. I was going through a lot back home. Like, got sued i got uh just all, all like people threatening to kill me and uh. shit so i was like i don't know bro like out here people are fucking with me and like like really supportive with my shit and like i met like artists that are like into the same thing as me so that like that just made me like feel like i had no other choice i was like my music's not gonna go anywhere if i live if, if I go back home, yeah. so I was like, I guess I'm going to stay and had to figure it out, man. It was tough. Like how, um, how does your creative process change moving to LA or is it just a generally happier, makes it easier to work? Yeah. It's just a change of environment that made me like hopeful and like made me, I don't know. I was doing, I was, I was doing this regardless. Yeah, like, of course. Even if I wasn't in LA. So, you know, just being out here made me more happier. Did you meet your lady out here? We met in Vegas. In Vegas. It was not the place I would think I was going to meet a girl. Right. And, like, especially now I'm an adult, like, Vegas. Because I used to go to Vegas when I was a kid. Yeah. But now that I'm an adult, your uncle I'm like, was there, right? yeah, yeah. Now I'm an adult. It's like, Vegas is, like, trash. You know, like, on, it's very, like, pervy. Yeah, I don't So I was Vegas. just like, that's not, like, my vibes. But yeah. for some reason, I met my girl there. <laughs> yeah. How long ago? Uh, last like like June. Yeah. So we've only been together for like almost a year. But some of the record has to; those songs have to be about her, yeah. Most of it, yeah. yeah there's and a I lot. I mean, there were people before her that like yeah inspired some. But yeah, it was you know once I met her, like it kind of gave, like, a, gave it direction because like I was just like wilding out when I came out here. I was like. Are you are you a bit of a hopeless romantic? I guess that's what everyone will say about me. You know, I'm a simp. My band's I have I'm a simp. Yeah, that's my band's name. Um we just signed it to Lex recently. It's that's right. The simps. Yeah, the simps. So yeah, I am you know, I'm a simp. Like I just wanna be like my parents, like they got like 
they're still together. Yeah. And I'm just like, I want that kind of love. Like, yeah. I tried to be, like, on, like, that fuck shit, and I was like, this is just, like, it feels so out of character for me. So I was like, deep down, I'm just, I just want to be in love, you know? I want a girl to be solid with me, and I'll do the same. That's heavy. That's very self-aware of you to, like, have been trying to be a scumbag and going, like, this doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. Because uh, it takes a lot of people a lot of years to figure that out. Well, yeah, you know, it's just, I've, I've been, like, in and out of both. So yeah. I'd, like try a relationship and then wouldn't work out back on my bullshit yeah and then i get all depressed because i'm all alone and yeah. like you know it's like i don't know i was like i think i really just want to be with someone i got you when you guys find out that you're having a baby oh uh, that was planned that was planned yeah boy man you planned fast then let's yeah. get it well we were like super in love and yeah. like she lived in Vegas at the time, like, like so, like, I would be visiting her a lot. I'd be taking, the, like, the Flicks bus, and yeah. she would be taking the bus to me to come visit me in L.A., and, you know, we just, like, couldn't get enough of each other. Yeah. And then eventually I was like, you want to move in with me? Like, and we tried that, and then, like, our, the guy, one of the guys that lived at our house snitched on us and said she was living there, so, like, kind of made, like, shit tricky. Uh. <laughs> But um yeah whatever we worked it out and yeah. um yeah we were like we want to have a baby and uh cuz that's like that's some forever shit and yeah. like we're always like I want I love you forever type so nice you know it, it worked out and yeah. now we have our baby and we're just going through it <laughs> yeah you guys going to uh, work towards marriage soon or what eventually yeah. like i mean it it seems weird for me cuz like i'm not I'm not American, so it, oh, it, it yeah. makes me feel like I'm on some 90 Day Fiance shit. Oh, right. So I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to prove my love in, like, a different way. And, like, if I could, like, get, like, a green card through, like, not marrying her. Yeah. I do. I, we want to get married. That's why the album's called that. But yeah, let's get to, yeah. Because of that show, I don't know, she started watching it when she was pregnant. What, 90 Day Fiance? Yeah, and, yeah. like, I, I kind of want to stray away from, like, like, making it look like it's, like, I'm only getting married to like get yeah. a citizenship. Um, I want to talk a little bit before we wrap up just about the scope of the record uh, that came out this year because it's got a lot of songs, right? But it's also got a lot of variants. It starts off on this kind of like 80s new wave kick until you get towards the middle and you've got some like funk love songs all the way to like Zap and Roger, Roger. Te- yo, no. yeah, real shit. Like you got like real eighties, like that's just what I grew up listening. To, yeah, man. that was gonna ask like how, like when you're laying out a record like this, how do you decide like yes, all of these different genres fit together on an album? I'm just like, oh, I haven't made this kind of song yet. Like when say I made like a vocoder song, I yeah. was like, I need a Zap and Roger type song because like I used to, when I was like a kid, my um like the late night DJ would always play like Zap and Roger yeah. computer, computer love. love. So, you know, I was like, I need to make one of those. I haven't done that. I was, yeah. I was trying to think of all the cool shit I like. Cause I'll tell you kid. the one that I was like, I kept repeating was like the, I can't, I'm terrible with titles, but it's something about like my baby's so fine. And, and oh, my girl, the finest. Yeah. My girl's the finest. That was like my fucking, that's like uh, a damn, that's like a real, I was thinking of make like, love song. Uh, that's my D'Angelo. Song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's like some real R and B smooth shit, and I was like, "This yeah. this motherfucker's versatile." Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, it's dope. So, what was the response like to the record when it comes out? I don't know, man. Like, no one like 
no major publications have really reviewed it. Like really? I feel like been like I'm not on no lists and shit. Yeah. But for me, like one of my songs blew up on TikTok. Yeah, jealous. I, yeah, so like I'm just like I'm pretty stoked on that because like I entered like the U.S. top fifty viral charts or whatever on Spotify. Oh yeah, and like majors have been like calling me. Like recently i don't know if i'm gonna go down that yeah road, but, you know yeah. it's just like it's that's crazy. what happens but that's what happens it's like once your song hits uh two hundred thousand on spotify everybody emails you and says hey what are you what are yeah. your plans for the future i'm like what do you why are you even calling me yeah. like, if you're not gonna offer me something right so yeah i'm just like i don't know man i'm i'm just blown away like yeah. dude i don't like the fact that like i moved here and like things like went like positively like in a good I don't know. It makes me like not want to be like that negative me anymore, where I like get depressed. Now, but it also like, is like makes you nervous, huh? That the rug could be pulled from under you any minute. Yeah, it, <laughs> but then like it's like that's not like what I'm worried about. That's just, good because like that's growth. I just do this like you know to to do it. Like it's like something I need to do. It's not like it's not a job. It's right. like this is like what I love to do. That's so, amazing. Like the rug could get pulled, but like I'm still be doing it yeah yeah so yeah. wow that's beautiful man thanks man well shit i think um we did what we came to do we got a lot of information there you go yeah well hey man i'm glad that we got to chop it up you seem like a cool motherfucker i can't wait till um my little guy comes out and we can set up some play dates we will you man. know make like, some music i got an interface at the crib you can come bring a guitar we'll, we'll fucking uh noodle around so into that yeah man tell the people where they can find you online uh just look up Idress, E-Y-E-D-R-E-S-S. Like, yeah, that's it on Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, everything, yeah, right? That's, that's just, yeah, that's my handle, so. Yep, easy to find. The new mm -hmm. record, Let's Skip to the Wedding, is uh, wonderful. I mean, it's just a, it's a really great accomplishment. And then um, go look for at uh, E-Y-E-D-R-E-S-S -S across all platforms. Go peep the records. Uh, very enjoyable. And uh, you're going to see him performing today on Kind of Neat. So go to YouTube and check that out too. My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition. You can follow me online at It's Intuition. You can follow us as a unit at Kind of Neat on Twitter and Instagram. But particularly go follow that Instagram because we are lacking, as you know. And I need some fucking followers on that bitch. YouTube.com slash Kind of Neat where you are going to see Idris perform Form. What Is song there, are you gonna do? Uh, jealous. He's, he's gonna do Jealous, the big the big TikTok banger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for all you little TikTok for all you TikTokers, kids, I'm gonna be in the background doing a, a, a choreographed dance to it that will come out on TikTok later. No, and my story. Uh, there you go. And uh, yeah, that's it. Everything wrapped up as a pretty package on kindaneat.net. That said, I'm Lee. That was Idress, and this was kind of neat. Yeah.